0: Hey, 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 it's Fay OJ and you're tuned into The Motion, where we get conversation moving in the best way possible. From music to culture to politics to fashion, this podcast is due to get your emotions in motion. So I cannot believe we have come to the end of the first season. It has been so much fun to record and it has been a roller coaster of different opinions, different emotions and different debates. But as promised, we definitely did get your emotions in motion. So today on the season finale, we're just going to take a trip down memory lane and I'm joined with a few familiar voices as we reflect on the past season and see if any opinions have changed and if you haven't listened to these already it's a great way to get a little bit of insight into what we're about. Now I'm here with Rochelle from episode 10, the 6-in-1 tricky, trivial, and time-sensitive debates. Rochelle's debate was whether not dating shorter men was anti-feminist. Now, I'll let you in on a little secret. Rochelle was extremely, extremely pressed after this episode, and she says it's because she didn't say some things she wanted to say, but I think it's because I didn't tell you guys that she was my older sister. So there you have it. Rochelle is my older sister. So now let's see why she's going to tell you she was pressed in this episode. Was there anything that shocked you when you heard the debate? I was like, wow, I sound angry.
1: (laughs) I was like, you're lighting up, girl.
0: You're 5 foot 10?
1: I'm 5 foot 11.
0: Did you not say you were 5 foot 10 the other day and you lied to yourself? I identify as 5 foot 11.
1: (laughs) That's a bunch of baloney if I've ever heard that. (laughs) That was the main thing. I just thought I sounded really angry and sometimes I just start ranting angrily and then I just... Why were you so pressed when you said those things, Michelle? So the reason why I was pressed is because in the like first minute of the conversation, I said something which I don't actually fully agree with. Personally, I don't think height is anything to do with feminism. I think height is just a personal preference. That's nothing to do with feminism.
0: But to what extent do we, Some do pe- we politicised preference? Height, biological or not, has a social consequence. I'm a huge proponent of the person who's political and that's straight facts.
2: But, but not the height.
1: I'll tell you why height is different. Me personally, I would prefer someone to be taller than me. That's my personal preference. Same way I would prefer for my husband to not be a criminal. How are you gonna tell me that's political? I haven't changed my conclusion. I still don't think dating short men is anti-feminist. Of course height is political. I mean, I think that you know most most things are political if you really dig into it. So the reason why height is political is because it's like just because something m- maybe just because you're not if you're not strongly so it, just, just because something. Isn't Do you understand the, the, the whole world? Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. And then, and then, and you, then you can just, be anywhere. <laughs> <can't be> <laughs>
1: um, basically, all I want to change really is that I said height isn't political. Height is political.
0: you telling me the reason you were pressed for about a month is. Because you said hi, it's political.
1: Yeah, to be honest, because it's quite a big remark. I think with this debate it's a lot more more layered and you know, my background in um, philosophy and, you know, race and gender studies, I just didn't want my lecturer to listen to the podcast and then just think I was a disgrace.
0: Okay. He might still, who knows? We know Rochelle from Durham who did Spanish and philosophy thinks that height is political despite saying on the motion a few weeks ago that height is not political (laughs) but is there anything else you would have liked to add i did say something that
1: kind of shocked me but i did say i'm eleven. do you think i want to be bending down when i want to kiss my husband but why would your husband want to bend down to kiss you because he can i've actually dated short people shorter than me before like i don't actually have an issue to be honest i was just angry i was just angry you know (laughs) clearly i hadn't had my Snickers bar for the day you're not you and you're hungry someone who i actually used to talk to actually listen end up listening to the podcast and so um yeah it was quite funny to be honest obviously you have preferences but i think at the end of the day one's character is the most important thing you know you can have all these preferences but i don't think these should be set in stone don't think the owner should be on women i think that you know if we're ever gonna dismantle the you know though the old patriarchy then you know efforts got to be made on all sides mrs Sarah said all sides and not both sides just going to leave you with that see you at dinner
0: eh? <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite episodes has social media ruined the sanctity of moments interestingly this was recorded at the end of january before all the coronavirus pandemic stuff had taken over so i think it's really really interesting to talk about social media in an age where it now seems like it's the only way we have to connect with each other
3: i'm just thinking it's now become almost too easy to post those moments it's three presses the camera off, the camera on, and then just tweet. Like it's it's No capture. Yeah, no okay. <laughs> Couple love hearts, couple love hearts.
4: Partly central social media, but I also think it's just like an inherently mm. human characteristic, an inherent human trait. People just People want to be noticed at the end of the day. And people want to uh-huh. be nosy. People yeah. want to be nosy. People want to know things and people want to be known.
0: I want to know the no, the know. to yeah. <laughs> <You should laughs> a spoken it's, word. It's, mate. You just... <laughs> Something I thought was funny though. I felt like we overly gassed your point. I was like, wait, we're gassing this time. guy. Like, We need to calm down.
3: But that can happen without social media. That video can happen. You can go on your phone just as easily and record a video as you can go and record an Insta story, a Snapchat. But why are people always going to Snapchat to record that video? Why are people always going to Insta to record that video and not opening the camera app? It's really a thing that people have now got into a very strong habit of doing mm. and there's a clear distinguishing reason factor between the two is that it's going to be posted online sorry <laughs>
0: dion you got a lie. pretty hard job to do here that's
3: tough
0: <laughs> because that has just changed my whole mindset
4: yeah it was definitely kind of the moment we were both <laughs> like oh Oh, man. And then I was kind of like scrambling. I was in my head. I was like, where do I go from here? Oh, my gosh. I think you're right. if fair.
3: <laughs> hey, hey, don't shut me down like that. I think the core of what I was saying was true, but it's everything's always situation based. I'm not even going to lie right now. I'm using more social media purely because everything is on social media now. For everything that I'm doing, we have to organise artists going live all the time and just doing all this on social media, social media. The creative like stuff you can do in marketing is quite it's not limited, but it's it's more focused in on Instagram and YouTube and all that. So I'm using a lot more social media now.
4: I'm the complete opposite of Tom in the sense that I think I've I've used a lot less. Not that I use a lot less, but for example, I don't consume as much in the way of, I don't know, Instagram and Facebook perhaps, because nothing's really happening. There's nothing really in my mind to consume from those platforms.
3: You know watching Tory Lanez's
4: Live? I mean, I have watched that a couple of times and it's maybe Crease.
0: You know when you, you can't stop watching but you're like, yes. what on earth is happening? That's Why that's is exactly there sanitizer on
4: your bum? Milk flying everywhere. There's yogurt flying everywhere. Just wasting good resources and thing. But like Tom was saying as well, I guess it's situation based because now we're in this this mad mad situation. Obviously, this mad world. Unprecedented
0: times.
4: Unprecedented times. I love that phrase. But um, <laughs> everything has had to translate itself
3: online. What are you thinking about all the um, the social media initiatives that are going on? like all these challenges of the keep you ups the toilet roll and all the the 5k runs and all that like what are your thoughts on that it's sort of like six or one half a dozen the other some of them are true boarders. sorry
0: you're, you you like... come again with a phrase that i don't Part understand like come on Part come
4: on it's back <laughs>
0: So, what does this part and parcel mean?
4: It's a part and parcel. <laughs> like, it's normal, it's normal. <laughs> rolling Why is it? it
0: part and parcel? Is it history?
4: Nah, no, it's not even a history thing. It's <laughs> just like a... One of those phrases that the, is it the English language has that yeah. everyone...
0: It's part and parcel.
4: To be honest, that's not even the phrase I meant. Should we go for another one? It's like, swings and roundabouts. There we go. I feel like some of them, I don't know, they're more productive than others, innit? Like, I can't lie though, the don't rush challenge. I can't stand it.
3: I was more interested in it from the music perspective. It made Don't Rush Chart a year after it was released.
0: The first Don't Rush Challenge I saw, I was like, this is incredible, creativity at its best. Second, I was like, this is pretty good. By the fourth, I was like, okay, I I get it, I, I get it. So
3: usually in the stuff that we're interested in, it would be a, a trend or something that's funny for maximum a week. But that trend reached the realm of being a proper trend that goes on for a whole month. I think that kind of like opens the TikTok conversation because... For some reason, people that I follow have now started to think that they're influencers, but they have 300 followers. Triggered. The shift of everyone to TikTok right now is incredible. Right now, I can tell you, the music industry is scrambling, trying to find the key to this, trying to find a way to crack it, and that's been very interesting to see. I think people are in the next couple weeks going to get bored of all these lives. Those are going to die down because it's just it's oversaturating them right now. I don't know, we're gonna see another shift at some point in terms of these social medias and the way people are using these social medias because people get bored and move on quite quickly.
0: Yeah, I think something that's interesting is how quickly we adapt. In the beginning it was like, okay, everyone's going on a house party, you're talking to people you haven't spoken to in like five years, or whatever, but it gets stale. They were just like, mm. okay, I, at the end of the day, I still hate everyone. Like, okay, it's like, <laughs> I have easy access to everyone, but I still hate everyone. I still don't wanna to talk to you every day. Yeah. Also, how, like, regular everyone becomes. I don't know about you guys, but the idea of an influencer or celebrity makes me feel sick right now.
4: I totally
3: agree.
0: It's like, at the end of the day, we actually are all reduced to, like, the confinements of our own home.
3: They're in a £50 million pound yard, though, and we're in a... <laughs> in, in
0: terms of, like, limitations of what you can do, everyone just seems a lot more normal, a lot more regular, and I'm just like, I don't actually have to tune into what you're saying.
3: Do you think that's a good thing?
0: Yeah, because I feel like what you're saying, someone's ability to navigate this hard time shows if you're actually creative or if you've just been given based on like the circumstance or the context, if that's what's enabled your career or if you actually have creativity. So I don't know if you've seen like the NS ten versus ten thing. So they started like a radio show called or radio station called There's No Signal and it's sort of taken the idea of head-to-heads, but they have, like, one person coming to represent one artist, another to represent another, and they'll have, like, to select before the show ten songs from this artist. And is this then, like, when they
3: did Erica Badu versus Jill Scott the other night?
0: I know they did Beyonce versus Mariah. Yesterday they did Burner Boy versus Popcorn. Every day, people are tuning in on Twitter, getting their opinions in. It's almost like a, it's a new experience that you've created.
4: Going back to what you said, if it do you think this is how things will be sort of from here on out obviously until there's a vaccine people are uh, they're going to be tentative about you know socializing going back into public spaces i mean obviously there'll be people that will be like oh as soon as they can leave the house they'll be you know super excited to get about whatever but ultimately we'll still be in a world where you know you can still catch this disease do you think then this weird phase of consumption of social media that we're going through right now do you think it's going to carry on it's so unprecedented
3: though like i'd like to be able to think i i could say i know but yeah no one has any idea right now pretty much all gigs have been rescheduled for october now that is assuming that we're going to be out of this by october right. for one of our artists we got gigs in usa in november i, yeah. I don't know if flights are going to be yeah. on like it's it's it's, it's assuming a lot and i think right now anyone's guess is best like i said you have to have faith in people's nature to quickly move on from everything like we're going i reckon there's going to be something new some new app some new challenge all all the time it's a very fluid time like i cannot tell you what's gonna happen in a week
0: personally like i have a hypochondriac so Mm. I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) Something I think is interesting, Tom, is that even before all of this, like before this happened, there was a lot of talks in like AR and like AI about changing the nature of experiences, like, you know, virtual reality for concerts, virtual reality for sports. And I think that is something that is so exciting because it's a sense that like with technology, a lot of the first thing is just getting people used to it. And now people are like forced to be used to it. So something I'm quite excited to see and hope that like it happens is like, okay, you've got 20 million people tuned into a concert and nobody and everyone's in their house. Well,
3: Travis Scott did his thing on Fortnite, didn't he? What did he do? It broke records for Fortnite. It broke records for everything. Fortnite did like five separate times where you had to be in the game and they just put on a whole concert for Travis Scott. Massive like he was huge in CGI, uh music playing, all of that. Like it was just a ridiculous thing, but it worked so well. It was just a way for everyone to tune into um, Fortnite, everyone to play the game and right now like everyone's just this is the perfect opportunity for people to show how good they are at marketing it's harder to do all these billboard type big influencer gifting because no one wants to have physical contact with anyone but now you've got to show how you can use youtube instagram twitter snapchat all of those to the best of your ability is is drawing out some people but some people have been very effective with it
0: Jumping right back to the very, very start of the emotion journey, the first ever episode recorded with Waz and Opera from the music podcast Lost in Source. We were debating whether rappers should be held individually accountable for the consequences of their actions and lyrics on wider society. The example of Future, for example, who I think it was either last year or two years ago said he doesn't do all the drugs that he says he does. Like, a 50-year-old hearing that and being like, OK, surely if he's done that and he's still alive to tell the story, I can do that, right? Because Future has chosen to say he mixes perks with molly and paracetamol and whatever. He didn't say that, but, you know, it doesn't, yeah. like it doesn't rhyme as well, so he wouldn't. But <laughs> there's that from a UK perspective. I only know this from watching Blue Story. I'm not going to like, so please, you know, don't come for me if I am inaccurate. But... It's not the people that you see rapping about it that are often actually about that life. So you've got Future saying he does all these drugs but he doesn't actually do. You've got rappers talking about bodies they've caught but realistically they haven't caught anything but a cold in October. I don't know why <laughs> I'm trying to be funny. Like, <laughs> I really don't. Firstly, I want to thank you guys for being the first guests of The Motion. Couldn't have been an easy feat. I
5: enjoyed it, I'd say. Like, it was fun to listen to. It was very healthy debate and even though we share a, a podcast we don't often have outright debates and if we do they don't go on for that long
2: yeah i I agree we don't really actually go at each other's throats often and more times when we do it's a gender-based rather than fact-based it was yeah refreshing to have a facts-based debate or well, facts for the most part
0: did you um disagree with anything you said
2: i did rethink my position because my my thing with logic is that if you can find a, a counterexample, it just your logic just falls to pieces. Yeah. So I was thinking about the same conversation, but in terms of how rappers deal with like emotion or deal with women, for example. In that situation, I would I don't want them to apologize to me. Like it's what you were saying in the podcast about like artistic license. Like like I wouldn't want someone like Drake coming out to say. Oh yeah, Marvin's room. You shouldn't really be calling people <laughs> at three a.m. in the morning. You shouldn't be do- like I don't. I don't want to hear that from them. So I was thinking if I apply that same logic to the logic work. I was having f- about in the debate, it, it doesn't work.
0: Yeah, I low key um disagreed with like, not really disagreed with you, just more. I think I agreed more with Waz. I think the issue with the way Waz debates is just it's just so like blunt. It's so blunt, like the fact the two times you've covered it, you've called the world stupid. It's like it's very hard.
5: <laughs> I understand that fully, but I do not think that is future's concern. I genuinely don't. It's not his fault that ninety percent of the world are stupid. The Oscars is very niche in the sense that, it would be like, we consider this good, so it's good, which isn't necessarily always conducive to judging art. But also, the masses are stupid. The masses can decide something is good, but it's bad.
0: It's very hard to like side of you, but then you go back. But, like to be fair, he's right. Like for your example is Drake and women. My example is Kanye. Like it really irritates me when people hold Kanye accountable because I just don't think he's ever marketed himself as someone that you can rely on. For mm. sense, so I'm just like, why are you continuously and constantly going at this guy when he's never really put himself in this position? Put that on other people. It's like why should they suddenly become like martyrs for the cause?
2: My sentiment still does hold because especially the one about the blurred lines between reality and art because music is like in a unique position where they're the only ones who really give us entertainment and art as themselves where most of our art forms that it's quite clear the like the difference between non-fiction and fiction yeah. but with, mu- with music it's, that line's really blurred Yeah. so I think it's, re- it's still important where we just don't go crazy and people still have to we still have to give people a sense of, okay, this is fiction, like not not, not like overtly, but like there's still there still needs to be some sort of difference between this is real life and this is me just making a good song, you know what I mean?
0: This is kind of random, but I saw a tweet like yesterday about Black AF. Have you heard of the show?
2: Penny yeah. Barrish is the one I made uh, Blackish, Blackish,
0: yeah, Blackish. Yeah, Grownish, all of the all the issues, pretty much. Basically, people were criticising it for like not being a typical black family, and I was just like, "That's his experience. What he's supposed to do? Blur his family experience to like suit the stereotypical black family? I don't think that exists."
5: Is it a reality show satire? So it's like yeah. outtake on the real his real experience.
0: It's like everybody hates Chris, but in the sense that like it's a hyper realised okay, version okay, okay. of his life. Yeah. Oh, family your question about reality made me think about that because i'm just thinking to what extent must you like alter your reality if you're putting it out there i think with black af it was really like okay this is i guess his truth of like making a lot of money from film and i feel like i don't think we can tell people how to live or what to put out
5: and yeah i think it's like if you do start telling people oh you can't put this out because that's not what i'm it's not my experience of it then you're like well it's my it's erasure it just becomes erasure and yeah it's yeah it's not really conducive to anything i feel like we need more stories we don't need to stop people putting out their personal stories because it doesn't relate to some other person it relates to somebody out there like black air not necessarily a 10 i can relate but in terms of like almost like him as a father figure seems like somebody who i would like to be somebody who's like. He's up, he dresses and he dresses well and shit like that. Trophy wife family, you know, like you can see that's aspirational.
2: I said the trophy wife family.
5: Do you understand? <laughs> <laughs> well to do family. <laughs> my point is, it's like, there are some people out there that will relate to that truth and will take it at what it is and not say, this isn't my, my reality, therefore I don't like it. Just like, you know, they kind of did do, do with future sometimes. are so like, this isn't my reality on drugs, therefore it's wrong. But it might be a reality on drugs, and some people do relate to it.
0: Got a bit of feedback from an American who listened, and she didn't understand why we were talking about the topic. She felt it was funny that you guys felt a part of the hip-hop community. Before I give you a chance to respond...
2: Wait, so because we're British, we can't be part of the hip-hop community. Okay, but it's
5: transatlantic and it's global now. You can't you can't tell somebody in Nigeria they're not a part of the hip-hop
2: community when all they listen to is rap. I, I didn't want to dignify that with a response, like...
5: When little baby is coming to Logo, who's Nigeria. You can't call people in Nigeria a part of the, the hip-hop community.
2: Are you crazy? We're the cornerstone.
5: K okay, Juel's one of the biggest exports in, in America right now. Like, there's no there's not, not even a question about whether we're a part of the hip-hop community or
2: not. So I'm just lost for words. It's the same way that, that they claim that um black preach people shouldn't be claiming black. Like, does that make sense? Does that make any sense whatsoever? She used to call cool off man. She probably thinks MF Doom is the GOAT, doesn't she?
0: So I know I've been saying that every episode is a favourite episode of mine, and that is actually true. But this episode was especially special because it was with the Chatterbox podcast, your favourite source of everything pop culture. And this episode, we were discussing Beyonce and Jay-Z. And it's just funny because a few days ago, after day from this podcast, had listened to the Savage remix with Meg the Stallion for about the hundredth time, she said, how dare I ever argue against this woman. I want to ask her the same question. How dare you? Like if someone asked me to argue against Beyonce, I would turn it down in an instant. But hey, she took on the challenge and this is what we got.
6: I wish that someone had like actually recorded us while we were talking because based on the back and forth and the amount of times if I had to tell me to shush, I was quite surprised with how the edit came out. I thoroughly enjoyed like just listening to it. It was edited so well
0: keep, it coming.
6: Yeah, keep it coming keep it coming keep it coming no for sure because like you guys only get to hear 30 minutes of it but like yeah we yeah. the whole recording in itself that day if we remember took us hours like hours, we had a fire
0: alarm fam.
6: considering the yes. fire alarm yeah it had a <laughs> it took fire us alarm hours, in the so
0: of the recording
6: i think listening it back it was crazy because i didn't realize i was like wow wasn't that smooth
0: like, no. Actually, <laughs> yeah. The funny thing
6: wasn't. is that it wasn't. It wasn't. It, was, no. it really wasn't. The amount of times that Ife would like look at me and be like, "She's talking." Like, no, <laughs> this is not. This is not a podcast where you talk over the other
0: person. Was there anything that you wish you said?
6: You know, when I was listening when the episode came out, there was something that I wish I said, but now I can't remember. So you won, so. <laughs> I mean. I mean, I feel like she only slightly won. It's a very easy argument to win, though. Personally, one thing
0: I will say, yeah, on that, I one day, guys, I'll let you know now. I one day actually uh, was playing Devil's Advocate, and, I and think she, she she did a
6: very good crazily job, crazily
0: convincing.
6: Guys, let me tell you that I felt sick in my stomach. <laughs> Even when I listen back, I'm like, oh my gosh. The words that come out of my mouth are horrible. <laughs> like, absolutely horrible. But, you know, we're sticking with our story. We're sticking with our side. Honestly, it was tough. Where you are, that person in the VIP section at yeah. Beyonce and Jay-Z's concert, yeah. screaming and dancing. <laughs> it's tough to come and tell people that you think Beyonce wouldn't be Beyonce without Jay-Z. Like, that was really hard. I think my own thing was the... Um, Jar Rule and um Ashanti. Ashanti. I felt like... I needed to have gone... I should have gone more in on that point because I actually don't even know why if it would compare Ja Rule and Ashanti.
0: <laughs> One particular thing you said about everybody loves a duo. Ja Rule and Ashanti. JLo and Fat Joe. A few other duos that were going on at the same time. If everybody loves a duo, surely... These people would be at a similar level
6: now if it was the duo that got Beyonce to where she is. Ashanti and Jarl, I think that's who you mentioned. There's some like washed duo from back in the day. J-Lo and Fat Joe, didn't they have like two songs? Um, So I think it's just not comparable. If you're going to give me a duo, a power couple, give me Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, then we're having an argument here. When you're comparing (laughs) the power of partnership as opposed to like... Because like Beyonce and Jay-Z, there's so much more to them than their partnership. Whereas with Jauru and Ashanti, I feel like it ends with the music.
0: But I think they were together.
6: They actually weren't. I remember now, they weren't, no. Oh, no. See, she didn't even know. (laughs) (laughs) They weren't together, but they played on that.
0: Jauru and Ashanti had hits. Okay. Yeah, they like, did. Charlot was a solid guy before he started going on the Breakfast Club <laughs> comparing himself to Drake. I mean,
6: the only so- thing that he didn't do he's done wrong is like Fire Fest. Yeah, and fighting with fifty cents on Instagram. Fifty cent that does not count, but whatever.
0: Fifty cent is the champion of his lane.
6: Yeah. Mm. You
0: kinda wanna be clowned by fifty cent, you know?
6: No, uh, okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I, think- I beg to differ. Wildest I- takes. Wildest takes is ninety eight. <laughs>
0: Lol, this just came up for my shade room. 50 Cent suggests going hit for hit with Snoop Dogg instead of Ja Rule. Says it would make more (laughs) sense catalogue-wise.
6: He's such a droll. I don't even think you can do a 10 for 10 for Ja Rule. You could give us five, maybe.
0: I could find the songs. Listen, I might just need a little bit more time, but I would (laughs) find the songs.
6: I mean, personally.
0: Said again, personally, without the water in your mouth.
6: Sorry. I mean, personally, I just want to, you know, publicly say that Beyonce definitely didn't need any single person, doesn't need a single human being to, and did, yeah, like just did not need. Um, Jay-Z at all to get to the position that she's at
0: last thing to say this was like one of the most fiery episodes I hate using fiery with black women because it's often used as a microaggression (laughs) but I want to know Esther what was going through your mind when you told me what
6: you just said to me has nothing to do with the question that you asked in my opinion
0: I I, I would disagree I said um, something like Oprah's interview She told Beyonce, keep your relationship private, and Beyonce kept it private to the core. Oprah even said, you took it even too far. Would you not say in Beyonce's formative years, she kept that whole aspect of her completely private. Mm -hmm. She didn't piggyback off her success, but she established herself as an individual artist, Beyonce. Beyonce without a surname, not her dad's, not her husband's, but Beyonce
6: oh i think what i was the point i was trying to make was like about you know that progress and that trajectory you know happened well after she got married to beyonce because a lot of people argue sorry i said married to beyonce married to jay-z because a lot of people argue when exactly did beyonce become beyonce and you know i feel like that transition happened you know just before just before beyonce self-titled album and just after four there was just this weird transition and beyonce just you know, but all of that happened after she was married to Beyonce. So I think that's what I meant by- Jay-Z. <laughs> Jay-Z. You keep saying after she married Beyonce. Because I, I, think that's I, just I don't shows that. You're, waffling. you're yeah. waffling
0: because the question did make sense. I the think that is what that The question didn't add shows. to
6: what that's you were trying waffling. to say.
0: That is waffling out here. Are you said something too?
6: So like, you're wrong,
0: but you know, okay. That one killed me. Like, when you don't even have to reason with anyone, it's just, like, you're you're wrong.
6: (laughs) I was so heated, and I don't even know why. I was genuinely angry. Like,
0: Okay, hands down, hands down. Favourite episode out of all the episodes because I got to debate. I got to take on Toluwa. On Spider-Man This debate was full of so much passion So much emotion And it was just a funny one to both record To listen back to and to memorise I basically know the episode off by heart supposed to be in high school. Why does he have four jobs? Character development. You're right. You're absolutely
7: right. We did see character development. We saw p- character development from ordinary Peter Parker to some freaky emo kid in the third movie. It just speaks to the, the absurdity of those films. That is not what Venom does. The symbiote doesn't take over your body and make you an emo and make you cut your fringe in a way that no person's hair should be in the mid-2000s. It's awful. Like, there's no way to justify... The nonsense that
0: befell us (laughs) in that trilogy. We see a nerd in Toby Maguire's Spider-Man. That upside down kiss was not nerdy. (laughs) That upside down kiss was a picturesque moment that has (laughs) gone down in history. When a lot of people think about Spider-Man, they think about that upside-down kiss. If you want to tell me Toby Maguire, Toby Maguire as Peter Parker, who can't even keep a job as a pizza delivery man to deliver. The upside down the case, sensuality that of that. that you're case. a liar. Um, I was just. A, um, a liar. You know what? A I. Bold faced liar. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was, you know, the guest cancelling and me having to, you know, represent Toby Maguire, who I've hated my whole life. That just ignited a fire in me. Yeah, you were really passionate. You know, I for someone who went not wanting to support him, I think I did him quite well. I agree. You weren't easy to go against. Oh my
7: gosh, I love it. It was really fun to do. I must say, like, it was quite, quite well edited together. It felt, like, relatively seamless. I don't know if I was surprised by that. I think I was, like,
0: pleasantly, like, impressed. Top five guests, not even to bring up your ego, but that is one that people, that's one episode people bring up to me quite a bit. I think just how serious we were over Spider-Man. It just highlights that, you know, these things are not a joke. Disney wouldn't be pumping billions into them if they were a joke. Facts,
7: facts. I think we covered like a lot, like stuff that I hadn't even like mentally prepared for.
0: Green Goblin was literally locked in his house, not wanting to do this, and the strength of an evil spirit, getting him to look in the mirror, talking, like that was one of our first introductions. To the dangers of mental health. Oh, come, man, come off it. Come off it. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But I
7: will not stand for an argument that it reports that Spider Man 1 was our first intro into mental health issues on screen.
0: I feel like, as you said, we went into a lot of territory, so you should definitely listen to the episode because look, not much left to cover.
7: No, should there be, we can do a part two.
0: Well, the thing is I actually don't know much about DC. Oh. To dear. even like yeah. debate DC. That's
7: further. If we're talking about like the DCEU, it's not very good.
0: You know what I mean? Like it's like okay. What well, you've got Superwoman, okay. N- not even you've a got person. Bird- Wonder, Woman. Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah that's exactly what right to be fair, Wonder Woman
7: was a decent film. That that and Birds of Prey. I think of
0: it. I haven't watched Birds of Prey yet.
7: It was so close to the beginning of the pandemic that I think a lot of people got a little bit lost.
0: Yeah, yeah. I will say like... The Dark Knight series, I don't really associate with DC. They're just fantastic films on their own. Yeah, and are. I feel like when a DC film comes out, I'm not, like, rushing to go and see it. It's the kind of thing, like, two years later, I'm going on watch-series.net, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> don't know if I should say Grimes. that on air. <laughs> Illegal. But when it's Marvel, I've, I've got to be there. Like, as you said, I've got to be there first week. I can't have amateurs talking about it on Twitter. I just oh, cannot. I
7: no, I think I think it's because obviously like Marvel has built this really big thing, and DC just hasn't been able to do the same. And like even what you're saying about the Dark Knight, like even when they were marketing it, especially the one with Heath Ledger's Joker in it, when they were marketing it, they were like, there was barely they didn't like mention batman at all like obviously it's not even in the title so you don't have to but they were very careful about like the language they used so i think even they are like batman superheroes what's that
0: Now we are joined with another fave of the podcast, Andy from the music podcast, 2G's in a pod, who has graced us with his presence twice. So first we'll be discussing whether being a successful black capitalist automatically makes you a sellout. Chris Rao once said, how can you hate from outside of the club <laughs> if you can't get in? And I actually want to ask. Like, how can we actually change it from the outside? Like, at the end of the day, we all have ideals, but we're faced with reality.
8: People often come with this that, like, we need to be part of the conversation to make the change, but, like, I don't think that being inside the club helps effective change at all. I don't think that being in has ever helped us in any way. Maybe it is an issue of the system itself is, is, not, is not working. Like Maybe the whole system needs to change. Is it too much of a responsibility and an onus that you're putting on black people to, I guess, be this kind of martyr for the cause when the white people aren't doing anything? <laughs> like, I do agree, but I feel like that onus is there regardless. Like How do you want to get rid of the onus? It's
0: a very huge burden to have on your back to be trying to fix issues that you had no say in. Mm. And obviously it is Agreed. on us like onus literally on us oh my gosh
8: yeah. it, yeah. <laughs>
0: clicks 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 but yeah
8: like on reflection listening to it i remember while we were doing it i was thinking like isaac better win this argument because because <laughs> <laughs> what i'm saying is is, is not not true is i kind of want to clear up that i was playing devil's advocate and I
0: don't <laughs> obviously isaac won i feel like he won the debate but i don't agree with what he was saying yeah in the sense that like yeah. I just remember his sellout definition being so harsh. And I was just like, come off it. But then I actually do realise that so many of the times that all these people say they're helping by like aspiring to these levels, they're not really. But does that make it wrong? I don't know.
8: My, my thing is, I don't think it's possible to be a um, proponent, if that's the word, of capitalism and also be... I don't want to use the word pro-black because that's going to throw up all sorts. Not pro-black, but like basically... The way capitalism has worked in history and stuff is fundamentally racist and
7: yeah.
8: white supremacist. So black ownership just doesn't equate to like racial equality or liberation. I think it's like the best of a bad situation. Basically, if yeah, there are billionaires, then they might as well be black. But yeah, I agree with that. Because there are black billionaires, doesn't mean that there's racial equality or anything like that.
0: Have you watched the um, Michael Jordan documentary? Cause he's like a billionaire, no. And I feel like he's someone that has like done a lot for black people.
8: Michael Jordan is a, is a difficult one because um, there's all these rumours about him as a person. I don't know about those because I don't know if they're true or not. But if you compare him to someone like LeBron, who isn't a billionaire, but he's almost a billionaire, he's basically yeah. right. So it's like LeBron is um, very much more like philanthropic than Michael Jordan, or at least it appears so we don't know how much Jordan gives away and doesn't tell anyone mm. or anything like that. But LeBron seems to have... More of a philanthropic mind to it, yeah.
0: Know.
8: But does, is it is it one where if LeBron earns an extra hundred million and now becomes a billionaire, is he suddenly a bad person and exploiting everyone just because? Yeah, he's that a sounds
0: kind of crazy to say. Do you have a problem with like billionaires as a whole?
8: If you have a sort of a capitalist society where like you make it so it's possible for someone to earn a billion, because this is always my argument when people say like, "Oh, you should um, they shouldn't billionaires shouldn't exist yet." I'm like. Jay-Z didn't force us to give him money. There's always exploitation at some stage of it in order to make that much money. But at the same time, if the system allows for it, then how much can you point the finger at the person for using the system? Like, I kind of go back and forth on it. Like, I think Mm. fundamentally, I don't agree with the system in, in the sense that nobody should be allowed to be able to hold that much wealth. But I'm not one of these that kind of like, bangs on about jeff bezos who's like the worst person in the world or whatever because yeah he's got so much money.
0: <laughs> jeff bezos might be like a bad guy like everyone says but i'm just like me complaining in my living room is not stopping him making money the whole anti-billionaire campaign is what i can never really understand unless you're actually doing something to limit the wealth like are you boycotting amazon or are you just complaining that this guy's a really bad guy because i'm just like i just can imagine him literally sitting in his big house laughing
8: I think to some extent though like like for example you can complain about oil companies Mm. and what they do to the world but at the same time so much of our way of life is predicated on having oil oil. again i kind of go back and forth because it's like just because we're forced to interact with this thing to survive effectively does that mean we shouldn't be able to point out or even complain about things that we see as you know wrong or injustice or know damaging to the environment or whatever
0: obviously everyone has the right to complain i know it's ironic because i run a debate podcast but i just find that like words of conversation the power is limiting like yeah um it raises awareness but like what next you said it in words you've used rice to explain the world like you you're using all these different ways to explain it but realistically like what is changing I i think my view of the world is is definitely updating i don't really know where i align politically you
8: ask like Who would you trust with your wealth, like Jeff Bezos or...
0: I trust Bill Gates more than the government.
8: But then at the same time, I don't think that means Bill Gates should get away with... Or like Jeff Bezos should get away with being able to avoid taxes in half the countries he operates in.
0: I don't know much about Jeff, but I see Bill like actually doing things with the money.
8: With that much wealth, it shouldn't be one of like, it depends on the person who has it. I kind of lean towards giving it to the government because at least they've been kind of democratically elected.
0: But what is democracy? Yeah, I know
8: it's, diff- it's Indeed, difficult.
0: We're actually just doomed, which is why I'm just like, listen, Jay Z, make your money because someone's gonna make it. You know what I mean? Like
8: back to the black capitalism debate. Like I think the the whole thing of like trickle down, the the wealth trickling down, I think is just a myth because yeah, there's, there's a lot of wealth in the black black community, but it hasn't trickled down yet.
0: I agree with that. I know in the episode I was very like anti-Isaac, but like when I was listening, I was like, okay, this guy actually is making sense. It's just sad that it's true. But I was just like, maybe the reason why we haven't seen it trickle down is the time. It's a lot of new money. So maybe like given a few years, we may see, you know, things changing more. Rome wasn't built in a day sort of thing. So we may see more initiatives. We may see more, as more people become billionaires, you'll see a variety of those billionaires, I think. (sighs) Ah! <sighs> I am now joined with Damini OVO Stan And Damini was on the episode titled Is Drake Just a Trendy Tootsie Slider or a Timeless Tale? We were discussing the legacy of Drake And whether, you know, in recent days it has still been kept up I think it's super, super interesting to discuss this again And see if anyone, including my opinion, has changed Because, of course, my favourite champagne pappy Graced us with Dark Lane tapes i did enjoy the project but do i regret anything i said no
7: my overarching point with drake is that for right now especially with 2c slide yeah okay we get it you're surfing you're riding the wave and you're doing well because you've been in the game but what happens when the wave starts to ride you grab rap or hip-hop r&b by the scruff of its neck and say, I'm about to show you something you've never
0: seen before.
9: He has a natural ability to rap. In terms of just skill level, he can compete with almost anyone. You Uh, don't agree with me?
0: I'm struggling. I don't think he can compete with everyone in rap. I think that is a bit of a reach.
9: I kind of see some of what maybe Blessing was saying in the sense of pushing boundaries.
0: Funny you should say that, because obviously I, I lent to your side in the end, but as I was listening back the other day, I was like, she actually did have some points, not that I didn't think she did. I honestly think the thing that lost it for her, in my opinion, was the Nicki Minaj comparison all the time, because I would not include Nicki in certain conversations.
9: Barbs Um, are going to be on you.
0: (laughs) It was just that constant affiliation, I was just, my brain had tuned out. I don't even have an issue with um, Drake's projects, to be honest with you. Like, there's never been a project he's released and I'm like, why have you released this? Or this wasn't necessary. I listened back to Diplomatic Immunity. I think I've listened to that song minus negative times since the first time I listened to it. It actually just fizzled into nothingness.
9: I actually remember when they dropped in my head. Yeah, to be honest, they didn't get much replay.
0: It's like it's that typical Drake when he's talking about all his troubles and like his mom this and his the girls this and they don't take him seriously and they always want something from him.
9: And maybe that's why he he puts out Tizzy Slide and God's Plan for you guys because when he's trying to talk about anything else, like are you guys even ready to like listen? Tizzy Slide is the record of the year.
0: <laughs> God forbid. I am joking.
9: Maybe it's also for a different demographic. You're
0: a 99 kid, though. <laughs> I mean,
9: oh, you're crazy. That's not true. It's 98. Like
0: dark laid demo tapes, right? I actually love how consistent my brain is because literally, Tootsie Slider, this comes after Not You Too. A great song. I felt like it took me out of that experience. There's even like a pause. There's even a pause before Tootsie Slider. It's not needed. It's not needed on the project.
9: It's low because you just have it in your head, honestly. And you don't like that sound of Drake. Like, for example, there's some Beyonce songs Be careful. that get released. I don't think they're bad songs. Like, I get what's going on. Like, it's cool. But like, like I mean, like, what, what is that song that they, the savage? Bro! Relax, relax. But how, like, what is that going to do for me? Like me, damn it. Like, <laughs> you would never catch me going on there saying, oh, this is trash, da, 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 da. For really you, love. like, it's not doing anything for you. And that's okay too.
0: But I feel like Savage is so obviously, like, geared towards a particular audience. I don't think Tootsie Slide is that good. I would have nothing against you if you were singing Savage, by the way. Like, even with Savage, the Savage remix, I just thought it was so beautiful. Honestly, I promise you, I'm very consistent across, like, who I stand. Like, I wouldn't let Beyonce get away with murder. But the thing is, I never have to let her get away with murder. Because even a song that was, like, a commercial song made for TikTok, she still gave me five different versions of herself she still gave me so much artistry she gave me so much so how can i be mad fam that song made me cry like relax
9: this argument um i always see about all these rappers they do nothing in their show like comparing them to like like beyonce for example dancing and doing this and I'm like, if I'm being honest, like, I don't want to see my rapper dancing on this stage. I
0: feel like the energy of rap shows are, i because there's some rap shows that are, like, the energy is just straight rap, like, sort of, like, straight gangster. People are, like, finding themselves in the, in the audience, and, like, that's the, the experience that you want. Yeah. But there's yeah, some yeah. rappers like Kendrick, I saw him the damn tour like that was a theatrical experience like he had some I'm not going to lie the kung fu I was a bit like the, the walks going yeah, on yeah
9: <laughs> it comes off with, it's, uh, and obviously I'm not I'm all for rappers pushing their but but also it depends on your aesthetic so if you're like Lil yeah. Dirk or you're Chief yeah. Keith, you're not going to be like doing splits on 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 the stage like it's okay
0: I think you guys all have me to thank I think you have the motion to thank for what? for the mixtape uh huh? Drake didn't do that for the people who are going to uh um, sad him regardless.
9: He did he it did for, me. That for he did it for you. Fans.
0: He did that for his real fans to so show you guys I appreciate you. I appreciate the constructive criticism and I hear you. I see you and this is what I'm going to give you.
6: Have you
9: seen academics react to Drake?
0: That guy needs help like i cannot believe joe budden was ever associated with him
9: you know what so there was once i was listening to a podcast the podcast that i'm um, joe budden and i was listening to them and i kind of felt like they they kind of moved very distant from me it. it wasn't even like insulting it was more like yeah yeah that's okay and i was like why now like you, that was your complex guy um but i get it man <laughs> it was mad
0: my guy jumped up and down oh my Ah! Oh! he lost it oh my god End of the episode, and that means the end of the season. But before you go, here is Andy again discussing this time the UK versus US debate.
8: Stand by what I was saying because I think they are incomparable because the UK scene is just too young and it's just not big enough. The UK, the US, just has too many artists. It's been around for too long to compare it in a fair way. It's a point that I, I didn't get to bring up on the episode, but I think a lot of our affinity to the UK scene is just um, not purely through nostalgia because obviously. We love the music and it is very good but i think when um i can't remember who it was it might have been lami that said um
6: of course if you're gonna compare dappy to future we're all gonna look stupid it's the context it's the context of the music okay if you hear end-ups i don't care how old you are where you're from if you hear end that is gonna get you going more than some random future track honestly
8: you might prefer the end-ups but like is that nostalgia or is it Actually was it better, actually good music. Taste is linked to you know our individual experiences and stuff. Mm. But you can't really remove the nostalgia from it, but th- there's just so so much music in the US. We could compare UK to like California alone, and we'd still yeah. have debate. I, d- I don't think it was a fair fight.
0: I still feel like if you filter out all the trash US stuff, it becomes fairer. Yeah, there's a lot, but there's a lot of rubbish. Obviously, not every single US artist is making good music. Like factually, even in the like mini scenes, there's still like one champion sort of thing. But it's so hard with music debates because it's just like how much of it is taste, how much of it is like objective, how much of it like what do you compare? I think that was quite difficult. Like even hosting it, I was like, where do I start? Like where do I begin?
8: It kind of goes to my point about the um what I was saying about bodies of work. Like as a genre, something like grime is less focused on making a body of work and it's a a highly like energetic genre where clashing culture and stuff like that there there might be like legendary verses or stuff like that but it's not one where it's like uh, people focus on having a legendary body of work the way the markets are is a bit different like
0: there's so many examples i wanted to bring up that i just i I just forgot about like rizzle kicks i hope rizzle kicks are great maybe it's a nostalgia thing but when you think about UK music like when you actually sit down and think about it loads of different artists will start to come to your head and you'll just feel happy but maybe that is because we are from the UK.
8: I I feel like I kind of came across as someone that doesn't like UK music at all on the episode and that's not true because I really love it. Last year my favourite music was from the UK rather than from the US.
0: Funny you should say that because my friend messaged me afterwards and he was like I didn't know you rode for Stormzy this hard and I was like bro like Until I opened my mouth, I didn't even know I was Team UK. Like, I was like uh, going on passionate rants about the history. So they come over here and they think that we're just like rapping or we're just copying American sound. But actually, British hip hop was actually founded based on like Jamaican immigrants into the UK. Secondly, people were literally risking their lives like climbing onto transmitters to get like British sound and like British hip hop and all of that out and I just feel like people sort of take it for granted and I don't know when I became so patriotic but give them the flowers that like they're climbing on on a radio transmitter so you can hear music okay so there was struggle on both sides so why does the person who struggled more have to be the one who who wins at the end of the day well you guys might have been doing it for segregation but we, we, we were we were doing it for wind work <laughs> I think that says a lot that like I went Wanted to back the US and change my mind halfway well, like at the beginning. I just don't think size negates it. In the film debate that I had with like Waz Hollywood is first, but Waz put up examples of Parasite, which I think like trumps so many Hollywood films. So I feel like if we were gonna go for size, America would just be better everything. they just not.
8: That's definitely true. I think of the example, was it last year that Stefan Don was on the um XXL freshman list or whatever? Yeah you know they do their freestyles i was watching half cast podcast which is obviously very uk music centric they don't usually discuss us music that often and they were like steph washed everybody there like lyrically she's better than everyone and obviously when you compare her to a lot of the people that were on the list which were mumble rappers and stuff she's yeah. the best but then they also had jid on the list who's um the one that signed yeah. to J Cole. lyrically steph london is not touching jid yeah that's facts was like. And then I was like, like these guys are literally looking at it with like rose tinted glasses or whatever. And like they, they can't see the fact that it's just not true that Stefan Don was lyrically the best out of everybody there. She might have been better than the majority because a lot of them were coming to mumble. But like I felt like that was kind of a um, representation of the debate as it is now. I feel like like if you compare to the general stuff that we get from the US the like Takashi Six Nines and all that kind of stuff, then UK music is definitely better. But you can't pretend it's the best when, like, and just overlook some of the stuff that comes out of the US.
0: It's the same guy that was like Jay like, on the promo fit tweet that I did. Like Jay Hustle is better at K- than Kendrick. You always just make the debate look dumb because, like, let's not be stupid. <laughs> like
8: Kendrick might not be your cup of tea, but like you know, like if you if you value artistry and like the, all yeah. the different things that make an an artist, like Jay Jay I'll admit. I prefer listening to Jay House in summer he got more bops that kind of yeah. thing but he's not a better artist
0: so guys I'm going to keep this really really brief before I start crying but it has been so 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 real recording this your feedback every week your comments your opinions even though it's both on air and off air have kept me going for the last three months i cannot wait to return to season two but i think i deserve a little bit of a break but honestly if you have any suggestions if you want to jump on the next season follow at the motion underscore on instagram and my personal twitter is fe underscore oj underscore i do not suggest you follow that but if you miss me go ahead i chat absolute rubbish but man it has been real remember to stay safe remember to stay indoors remember to keep these conversations happening because all we got is each other we got is each other also shout out my friend Ali from the humble verdict for naming this episode the resolution I see you go check out what he's doing shout out to the motion
6: for incredible conversations like genuinely we actually love this podcast um And yeah, we can't wait for season two, more exciting, thought-provoking conversations.